We love the Employee Retention Tax Credit and what it does for clients. Find out if you qualify at iHeartTaxRefunds.com. As the first and only CPA firm in the country solely offering ERC services, JWC has helped thousands of businesses claim over $500 million in tax refunds. We're a licensed and regulated CPA firm committed to client education without the gimmicks and deception of unlicensed ERC companies. Learn how to qualify at iHeartTaxRefunds.com. Welcome to The Grit Daily Startup. I'm your host, Sebastian Rusk, and this is a podcast about what goes on behind the scenes at startups. The good, the bad, and the gritty. Let's dive in. Kabir, welcome to the show. Thanks, Sebastian. Good to be here. Hey, it's great to have you here. I look forward to learning more about what uh, you guys are doing over at Audacity and, of course, learning more about you and what your experience has been uh, in the world of startup. Before we get into all that, let's help our listeners better understand a little bit more about you and your backstory. Sure, Sebastian. Uh, it's a bit long and convoluted, but I'll keep it short for the purposes of this podcast. Uh, you know, I was born and brought up in India. Uh, I spent the most formative years of my life in New York City, the best city in the world. Uh, I was at NYU. I studied media and journalism and marketing and finance and all these things kind of led up to who I am and what I'm doing now. And I was lucky enough right out of college, uh, you know, to get a job as a digital media planner, which was basically spending money for all these large brands in the digital ecosystem. And that kind of formed the basis of, uh, you know, the, the progress which I've made up till now. And I was lucky enough that this was the time when the whole ecosystem was kind of blowing up, right? So I bought, I was one of the first people to buy uh, an ad on Facebook, for instance, uh, and so on and so forth. So, you know, got to, did that for a bit. And I did a post that I said, okay, you know what, time to go back to India. Let's see what's going on there. I set up one of India's first online food ordering networks like Grubhub and, and Seamless Web. Huge failure, way ahead of its time, learned a lot, took those learnings, and then kind of set up what eventually became. India's one of India's largest uh, independent advertising uh, agencies. And this was, you know, taking all the learnings I learned from the US in 06 and growing this. And, you know, we had about 450 people at our peak and I sold to WPP. And uh, the whole time, you know, from 2011 onwards, I was doing small checks uh, in co media companies and consumer brands. And what was interesting was that, you know, people would take the money and they'd be happy with that, but they, they really wanted my expertise as a marketing and media expert, right? And they'd say, hey, listen, thanks for the money, but can you actually help us with your expertise and help us grow? And I did that for two or three startups, but obviously it's not scalable. Uh, and that's when I decided, you know, there's a clear need for something like this, a very sharp, focused, hands-on uh, person and approach to that. And that's when I uh, met Prasad Vanga, uh, who was a founder of a fund called Antil. And from there, I joined that, led the India Fund, did okay. Uh, and it so happened that why we did well was actually the media investments. And that's when I went up ahead and set up Audacity. I love it. Well, perfect segue into what you guys have built at uh, Audacity. So how did this all start? I know you've, you've, you've had a tremendous amount of experience prior to, Diz. was this a middle of the night revelation? Was this a natural thing that just can't, that showed up one day and you say, hey, here's our natural next step? How did this whole thing, how did you conceptualize it all and go, hey, this is the next move we're going to make? 
Well, you know, it's been in the works for almost five or six years because I've always had this interest in media and I've always said, okay, how do we leverage this experience and really kind of back the right kind of companies and the right kind of startups? And over time, it just kind of got chiseled over and over again into something which is sharp and focused as it is what it's at right now. You know, I mean, way back when we got acquired by WPP, I wanted to set up a media fund with them, but, you know, things didn't work out and it's good because I learned a lot more and now I'm in a position to kind of do this. And, you know, <clears throat> it's 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 amazing how all these different inputs from the past have come in. And for me, the focus of Audacity is very simple. It's a early stage media technology fund focused on the transition of Web 2 to Web 3. I'm going to pause because I'm sure you'll have a bunch of questions. <laughs> I'll have to be happy to answer those. Well, that was going to be one of my questions was that I saw in the notes I was reviewing uh, that you, when you guys um, we'd, we'd booked this interview, um, you had suggested that one of the titles for the episode could be bridging the gap from web two to web three and why media is so important. And that immediately piqued my interest. So again, another great segue um, to understanding what you mean when saying bridging the gap from web two to web three. And then of course, the second part of that on why media is so important. Yeah. You know, and what I'll do is I'll actually kind of elucidate the, focus areas of our, because we're so, so focused on media. Look, I consider myself to be a media expert first and then a Web3 player, right? And I have no qualms about that because I know enough about media and I know how it can be leveraged to grow the Web3 ecosystem. So the biggest challenge in Web3 right now from an application layer perspective is that there are just no users. There are not enough users out there actually, you know, make easing the process of uh, consumption in the Web3 space. The use cases are very much there. But the users are lacking because of the intimidation of how it's more of an intimidating ecosystem. And that's where media's role comes in, right? The role, when I say Web2 to Web3, we invest in companies which are bringing in the millions of users who are already using Web3 tools, but they would be better served uh, by being, I'm sorry, we're bringing in users who are already using Web2 tools. So these are companies which have millions of users and existing business models and revenue generating from traditional Web2 models. But these companies would be better served by being in the Web3 ecosystem. And that's what I really feel that that's where we can really drive. And I'll give you some examples. So our core focus right now is on three core areas. One is the creator economy and content monetization around that. Second is gaming. And third is media SaaS. Now, in each of these areas, there's a whole bunch of value creation which can happen in the Web3 ecosystem. And, and I'll share some examples with you as we go on. Amazing. I love it. So what problems is Audacity solving right now? We're bringing the users to the Web3 ecosystem. We're investing in the startups to really make it a rich place to bring Web3 uh, users to the Web3 ecosystem. And very simply, like I said, if I talk about gaming, now there's gaming is the gateway to the metaverse, right? And the way to the Web3 ecosystem. We live in a world where almost $140 billion of revenue is generated every year by the gaming ecosystem. And most of that goes back to the gaming companies because they, you know, a lot of it is virtual goods. Now, just think about how companies like Axie Infinity and so on and so forth have just brought this whole play to one gaming ecosystem to the front. Once the revenue can shift to the users, that's where we see value. So in, in my past fund, I had invested in a company called... Um, router which is like the twitch basically uh, right but for mobile gaming and very simply what is their role their role was to allow people to 
watch video gaming content. And that, in that way, they made all these gamers into celebrities. Now, that whole model is already this ex existing economy with people who are paying advertising dollars to watch those people play games. Now, you bring that to the Web3 ecosystem, suddenly the power is in the hand of the creators, the, the, the influencers, the guys making, playing the games. They will be able to find tens of ways to monetize differently and better. And you put the power back in the hands of the creators, right? So that's an example of what we see us doing. Um, same way, uh, in fact, you know, it's funny, uh, you know, Sebastian, one of the, the first company Audacity is, has invested in is called Rask Media. So, um, and, and <laughs> you know, uh, and, and what they do is that they're actually, our thesis on that is that, you know, content doesn't scale, but IP does. And that is being proved day in, day out of the Web3 ecosystem. These guys basically have the Gen Z on lockdown. They make content for them and then said, you know what? Let's make video gaming content. And that just killed it for these guys. And now what they're saying is, hey, you know what? We make all this content. We're sitting on all this IP. Let's be that platform where we're able to provide this app IP for free or for licensing to casual gaming video game creators. Because those guys, the game creators don't know narrative and storytelling. So by providing all this bunch of 3D characters, backstories, they're able to make the whole Web3 ecosystem and the gaming ecosystem much richer. And these guys can be the underlying platform on which all these games are built and thus be some sort of a, a content engagement platform in the Web3 space. I hope I've not gone too esoteric and technical. No, hey, listen, this is all about you. So you talk as much as you want. The, the, the least amount of talking I do, that means I'm doing my job, Kabir. <laughs> so let's talk about the world of startup a little bit. Um, the good, the bad, and the gritty is what we like to address here on the on the Grit Daily Startup Show. In your experience, what has been one of the biggest challenges uh, of being a startup? Well, itself, first of all, embarking on the journey to do a startup itself needs, you know, serious, serious uh, balls of steel, so to speak. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, and... and and you're always against the odds because you always have people in here telling you what to do, telling you why what you're doing is not going to work. And it's swimming against the tide. So the challenge really is that how do you block out the white noise, but yet focus on the people giving you relevant advice, who are speaking from their own experience, their own learnings, their own failures, and listen to choosing what you need to listen to. That is the biggest problem. And the second thing is timing your idea the right way, right? Timing it right and sticking through it. because you're going to go through ups and downs, but if you can last it out and your idea makes sense, you're going to thrive for sure. Absolutely. And to the opposite of that, what's been the best part of the startup experience for you? Well, the best part has been just being humbled on a daily basis. Well, I mean, I'll tell you first as a VC investor, right? Because I've, I've been on the other side of things. Being an, a VC who has been a startup founder before, it teaches you a lot of humility. It teaches you a lot of true empathy. And I mean this from the bottom of my heart, right? There is so much, uh, such a struggle, right? And what keeps it interesting for me is that as a VC investor, I can make a couple of mistakes and I, I can still, you know, return a bumper fund, but that startup has that one shot, right? So for me, it's being humbled every single day by meeting someone way smarter than me and my team combined and just having the true audacity to chase true problems, which people may not have, or people may have known and exist, but don't have, you know, the wherewithal to actually go and try to solve it. So that's the one thing. 
And the highs of being a founder are amazing, right? It's, you know, you got to celebrate the little, little things, right? The fundraising round, the first million which you make, uh, where you go from that and so on and so forth. It's, you know, the, the, it's so balanced because, because you struggle so much early on, right? It's really appreciating the little wins, which really takes you a long way. Absolutely. So what are you guys excited about for the rest of 2022 uh, going into 2023 uh, at Audacity? I am really excited that, first of all, as a VC investor, deals are cheaper. And uh, I don't mean this because, like I said, we're always founders first. But what I do see right now happening is that over the last couple of years, a lot of crappy startups have been backed, unfortunately. And that's never good for a thriving ecosystem because the capital that should be going to a good company is not going to a good company. So I'm happy that that's being corrected. A lot of the, it's it's, it's like pulling off a bandaid. Right? So there will be some bad things about it because some people, startups will go down, but for the it's for the greater good, right? So what we're seeing right now actually uh, is a lot of really excitement happening in the ad tech and martech space, the videos, the, the media SaaS space as we speak about it, right? Because the media SaaS in a, in a nutshell are the rails on which media is built. And that stuff hasn't changed a whole lot over the last 50 years, right? You take a very narrow area of focus, like say cloud video editing or CRM, and these are multi-billion dollar opportunities themselves. And you know what? There isn't anyone really looking at that in the early stage. We are for sure the only game in town when it comes to an early stage media tech fund in Asia. And I need to study a little bit more, but I feel it in the US also. And that allows us access to the larger media-related guys, Google Ventures, Sony Innovation Fund, the large PE guys like Blackstone and so on and so forth, because they want to talk to us and see what's going on in the early stage, track what we're doing and pick off some of these companies, right? And the beauty of these, this media SaaS space, right? If you think like ad tech, okay, let's take ad tech for us for, for, for an instance. The ad tech space has been plagued by things like ad fraud and so on and so forth, right? Now in the Web3 space, something like proof of view which basically allows you to use the blockchain to make sure that uh, each person, there's no monkeys clicking on those ads, right? There's no algorithms clicking those ads. That saves like $30, $40 billion every year. We're seeing a lot of good companies coming out, out there. And the best thing about Media SaaS is that these are companies which have proven the product market fit. They are cash flow positive, and they don't really need to raise a lot of VC money. They do it more to make sure that they have enough in the bank. They can use that money to scale and become market leaders in the space, right? That is the focus which we are really loving right now because for us as investors, we end up investing in a company which doesn't need a whole lot more money to grow and scale up significantly, which increases the overall multiples which we end up getting as VC investors and can return to our, to our investors ahead. So super excited about this space too. Amazing. It sounds like it. And I'm excited for you. I can tell by the tone in your voice, how excited you are about that. It's good to see and hear the passion behind, um, projects and, and solutions that have been created like you guys have done at Audacity and founders that are just deeply passionate about what you've built and what you're continuing uh, to build. Well, any final thoughts for our listeners? Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, I think if anyone wants to get, if you are building a startup which has true Audacity and people are laughing at you and saying, why the hell are you doing that? Reach out to us. We will support you. We'll be there by our side. And most importantly, we will ensure that you grow and we'll do whatever it's in our, in our strength to kind of take you forward. Because at the end of the day, you know, VCs forget this very quickly, right? Who are their real customers? It's not the people who give the money. It's the startups. And for us, 
we are vested in the success of a startup. And that's what I want to see. I want to see more startups come to us. I want to see them try more audacious things and we will be right there to support them. Sounds fantastic. Well, I wanted to encourage you guys to keep up the great work, keep doing work uh, that matters. And I hope the rest of 2022 and the start of 2023 is uh, great for you and the team over at Audacity. We'll have to have you back on sometime and get an update on how things are going. Thanks a lot, Sebastian. Really appreciate the stuff you're doing also out there for the ecosystem. So keep at it, man. Thanks, Kabir. I appreciate you, brother. All right. Take care. Until next time, friends. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Grit Daily Startup. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you consume podcasts. This way you'll get updates as new episodes become available. This podcast is brought to you by GritDaily.com, the premier startup news hub. More information at GritDaily.com. Once again, I'm your host, Sebastian Rusk. Until next time, friends. Music.